Tidcup, and we are broadcasting from the Greenhouse booth at HR Tech uh, 7116. If you're here, please come by. And we are going to do a bunch of things really quickly, but let's do some introductions. Mari, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Mari Hannigan. I'm CEO of Sparkstart. We're a video platform for TA. Love it. Jenny, what about yourself? Absolutely. I'm Jenny Cody-Kankas, or JCK, and I am a founder and solution architect for White Rock. I love it. And what does White Rock do? I help people understand how to take the technology that they purchase here, or the technology that they have in their stack, and build infrastructure so that it can be implemented properly. And I teach them how to fish. Oh, I love that. I love that, I love that, I love that. Okay, first question up is, at one point in your life, a candidate asked you a question and you were like, oh, that's cool. That's a really, really good question. Really thoughtful, just something that touched you. And it could be something from yesterday or 40 years ago. Doesn't really matter. But Mari, candidate question for you. Just somebody that asked you a question. Um, maybe I've been asked it more than once, but I love as people say, how do I thrive here? Ooh. There's that kind of passion that somebody wants to not just, what do I need to do to get promoted? Right, right. But someone who's really looking to engage, uh, that question or a variation of that question, where somebody's really looking for a place, their skills get used, they, they want to shine, yeah. I, I want them. I love that. Jenny, what about yourself? Uh, one of my favorite questions uh, that I've come across has been, if you hire the right person into this role, one year from now, how will you have known that they were the right person? Ooh, I like that. That is both of y'all knocking it out of the park. Whoa, this is going to be great. Questions are your pickaxe. <laughs> Questions are your pickaxe. That's how you figure out what the problem is. Good gosh, this is going to be awesome. All right. I know y'all are both getting asked a lot of questions about recruiting bias, uh, hiring bias, etc. What's your advice for TA? So when they ask you the questions like, hey, we're really getting hammered with recruiting bias, getting asked more questions about it, what's your take? Like, what's your current take on just, okay, here's some, here's some things we need to do. So can you first define what you mean by bias? Well, I'll, I'll use Sherm's definition of, of recruiting bias is there's six different biases, like me bias, recency bias, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just use those as a simple framework so that we don't get into an esoteric discussion about what is and isn't bias. They ask you questions about bias. How do you, how do you help them guide them through? How, the, how to help them at least sleep at night? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. Thanks for, for confirming, because it's sure. always good that we have the same definition yep. um, when we're having conversations about this. So I think that's a really key piece when we're talking about bias, well, because if my I definition... Love I love that you asked that question, because you're basically, you're basically asking them, it's like, tell me what you mean by bias, so that we're starting from the same space. Because if you're just talking about bias as race, that's cool. Like, I'm not going to try and change your mind. Like, okay, but let's start there. If you're talking about... You know, learning differences. Okay, okay, that's cool too. Let's let's do that. Or neurodiversity. Let's do that. But I love the question back to the TA professional. So then say, let's paint the same picture real quick. Let's make sure we're on the same page. That would love be it. my advice to the recruiting professionals that are out there. Is that. if it's coming up, um, when we have something that's subjective, right? right? It's really important that our definitions are matching. 
And so I think uh, if these questions are coming up and like being able to make sure we're all on the same page and not just that we as HR or leaders are on, are on the same page, that our candidates are on the same page too. 100%. So asking the right sharp questions and, and listening to the story of a cross-section of your, of your you know, candidates really, really important and making sure that those, the candidates of the people that you're asking are not one size fits all. So like, I can't ask about bias from somebody who's a middle-aged white man. Right. Um, right. And just be like, Oh, I got the answer. Right. Like, um, how about Although somebody? I can. Can give you, <laughs> it's just a different type of bias. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that I've, I'm bringing different voices to the table. Can you get some of that data from employees? Can you get some of what data from employees? Bias data. Um, can well, you ask, can you ask employees, like, can, can one go about that to try and find the, kind of the archaeology and anthropology around bias? Can you use employees to find some of that data? You, you totally could, potentially. Yeah. Okay. Um, like there's a lot, so data is my favorite four-letter word for those of you that are listening. <laughs> it's my I'm, second favorite. I'm a, I'm a big data fan. Um, but there's always, um, I guess, breadcrumbs, yep. right? And you just have to be intentional about it, being able to understand them and being able to see what those signals are and being able to then kind of dig in. So um, that would be uh, my recommendation. Sorry, I just heard my face. I was not focused because somebody just walked up and uh, (laughs) hit me in the side. No worries. No worries. You're not injured, though. I'm good. Thanks. Mario, what about yourself? I mean, you get it. I know you've been asked this question a thousand times, but what's your what's your bid on it today? Um, I'll I'll build on Jenny's. Yeah, you need to define what you're talking about. But then the next step, I mean, my answer is always transparency. It's let's be, let's let people see whether that's, let them see who their hiring manager is, let them see what the environment is, let them be open so that they can make decisions. Um, I think that's really important. I think that goes a long way. Um, Jenny, we were talking last night about, you know, a lot of the the bad things that happen is because people aren't willing to talk about them. Um, Your question about can you find it out from employees, my answer is if there's a safe environment where they can do that, Yes, but if you march up to someone and say, "Tell me about bias," right? Am I your? Am I biased in my promotion? And you know, sort of not thing? at all. No, sir, absolutely you have not. not. Never been biased. No, no, not happening here um, <laughs> today. Yes, but but it really does mean the people asking the questions have to be comfortable with them. Yeah. And the other thing is, they have to be willing to listen, and now say, oh, "Okay, I, I, your answer is this box. Your answer is that box. Okay, we got three of these and two of those, and now we understand the problem." I'm amazed at how little nuance there is when people listen. Right. It's, right. it's really stunning. All right. Let's talk about employment gaps. And I've gotten the full spectrum uh, from folks uh, in terms of don't care uh, to, you know, what? it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to understand a story, for someone to kind of talk to me about what's going on, et cetera. Um, what's your current take on employment gaps? I think COVID's created so many of them. Yeah. And you just have to look in our space. There have been so many layoffs that have happened. Right. Recruiters have been laid off by the thousands, so they've all got holes on their resumes now. Um, and it's something you clearly have to be open to. It's something, so we're talking about you know, AI and looking at you know automatic evaluations of people's work history and so forth. I'm really worried that that kind of thing is going to count against people when it absolutely shouldn't. Um, so it's hard. Maybe this never is, should have. <laughs> yes, right. yeah, very possibly. Now, there are, there are gaps you want to be concerned about. Right. Not all gaps are reasonable, appropriate. 
Um, there right. are people who have been forced from jobs for sexual harassment. Right. I want to know why somebody's been that's, unemployed and unemployable. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's um, that's actually fair. You know, I, I actually have one candidate um, respond that the reason there was a gap on his resume is he was in the big house. Yeah. It's like okay, that's not an automatic knockout, but let's talk about that. Right. Um, so you need to understand these things. I love and, it. And, and work through them. So as we automate things, we're going to lose a lot of that ability to understand what's behind the text. And we all just have to be careful about that. Jenny, your current take on employment gaps? Yeah, so I'm a little, uh, I guess this is something that's important to me. So sure. um, when it comes to gaps or being able to look at somebody's rear mirror, um, if you look at my my history, right? right, I wasn't in HR tech until three years ago. And three years ago, I fell and hit my head and lost my entire memory. And so, um, like, if you look at my past to predict right. what I could do with my future, right. if you were looking at my resume, right. would you be able to know that I could do these ridiculous things with AI or technology or whatever, right? right. Um, I think it's really, really important instead of looking at the rearview mirror, that we ask, what does good look like for the human? And so I've been, I've been toying with this, this concept of like, there's two different types of matter. Right. Follow me here. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, you've got matter as like this, this water bottle that's, uh, that's Williams that I'm holding up. Um, it is taking up space, right? Like right. if there's width, there's, there's, you know, there's height. It is, it is actually taking up space, right? right? There's the physics of that matter. Yes. Yes. And as historically, I feel like as uh, talent acquisition leaders, we've looked at humans as somebody who takes up space. Like they are somebody we check a box. This right. is a, a person. It's a number. It's requisition. Whatever. Right. There's a different type of matter, which is, do you matter? Right? right, which is the depth of like being nothing able, to do with physics. Nothing, it's like looking inside. Right. So being able to ask that right sharp question to figure out what matters to you, I think is so important. So and I feel does, like and is to, it the matching of the matter to you to the matter to us? Yes, does because okay. I my my hypothesis um, is that if you can if you can help somebody see that they matter, yeah, purpose can be found. Right, but it can't. It's it's a lot harder to do the opposite way around. If we're just focused on the physics of matter then we're not going to get the, this is the good stuff. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot. The, the, the real challenge is how do you do that at scale? And I'll add, as someone who's not a big fan of remote work, how do you understand <laughs> what else someone's capable of, what other talents they have, when you're very performance-based, you can't see how they're working, where they're working, what else they're doing. Right. Um, I think it's a real challenge for organizations. I, I, I think remote's also hard when you try to train more junior people. But when you're trying to see the person as a whole, yeah. and all you're seeing is their output, right. and your occasional check-in calls and so forth, I think it adds to the complexity of that challenge to say, all right, I understand this is a person who's producing this, got it, I can see that, maybe right. I can measure it or right. whatever. Right. Um, but then saying, they're more than just the output they're doing today. That's right. How do I get a clue? What? And I don't want to set them up to fail. I don't want to say, oh, gee, they're good at this job, so let me just put them in another job and I'm assuming they're good at it. Right. That's foolhardy. You, you don't want to sabotage people. Right. Um, so it's tough to be a good manager <laughs> these days. It really is. It really is. And just like, I mean, I think the other thing too, um, 
I think we just need to look at things very differently about how we've historically done them. And um, again, like in order for somebody to flag whether or not they feel like what's important to them or right. like to truly have candor, right. you need psychological safety first. 100%. And if you don't have that, the likelihood that you're actually going to get the, the insights that you two-way. need, yeah. right? Um, it's very, it's, it's, it's a lot less. And so a lot of people are like, oh, what questions should I ask? Da, da, da. It's like, yo, like, have you, have you made sure that your people feel psychologically safe first? 100%. Because uh, implementing several hundred thousand dollars of an employee listening tool, if your employees don't feel psychologically safe, in right. order to like making sure maybe we're not analyzing for PII, I mean we're like however it is, but like if the human is is worried about being able to flag the what good like if they if they can't share, we can't reverse engineer solutions that are going to work, right? And so that's a really important kind of precursor. Okay, so I got to get your take on on ghosting, your current take on ghosting, because tomorrow you'll have a different take. But today's take on ghosting, I've got the full spectrum. Over the last uh, couple of days of, yeah, so what? It's been around forever. It'll be around forever. Who cares? Why are we talking about it? Blah, blah, blah. To, it should never happen. It's unprofessional, etc. So those are your spectrums. So I'll start with you. Uh, Jenny, what, what's your current take? I love to say current takes because, you know, gives you the flexibility to change your mind tomorrow. I appreciate that. I no appreciate worries. that. Um, so regarding ghosting, um, my personal opinion is ghosting is a, is a signal that you're doing something wrong. Right. Because if you are doing it right, if you're able to make sure that you're the like hotel concierge that's um, lining things up, answering questions, like doing right. these things, ghosting doesn't normally happen. There should right? be excitement for both parties. Yes. We and both so, want to be there. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I like think that. like for ghosting, view it as a signal and dig in deeper. It's yeah. not a stop. It's like, Hello. okay, something's here. It's like yeah. a yellow, but like, let's proceed with caution, but like figure out what's there underneath the, yes, exactly. One way or another. What does it mean, right? Candidate or interviewer, somebody's signaling a signal. Exactly. And then making sure that you're like actually doing the proper, I, you'll hear, I'm, I'm like a scientist, right? Like, so I'm more of like the, let's, let's ask, well, so is Maury. That's why we're friends. Um, and so it's like one data point does not make a trend, right? right? And so if you see ghosting that's occurring, um, you know, reach out to the people that ghosted and be like, hey, we want to get this right. Like, is there something we could have done differently? Because a lot of the times we, um, we engineer our solutions um, like to get to yes. But if we like listen to the people that said no, that's actually where we can build better guardrails in terms of getting it right. My personal opinion. But. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Maureen, and, what would you say so? We're seeing ghosting just explode. But it's also going hand in hand with increased automation. Right. We, oh, interesting. We, we worked with one client who they were so proud of themselves, they'd built for their warehouse hiring this completely automated system where somebody saw a job online, they applied right from their phone, they got their assessment on the phone, they were able to schedule themselves to come in, you know, get their offer in person and tour the warehouse and all of that. And they were so proud of the efficiency, except 89% of the accepted candidates never showed up. 89%. So this, this highly automated... Oh, and part the, of my soul just died right oh there. Well, but part of it was the candidates didn't feel connected to no. anybody. No. They'd never talked to anyone. Half of them thought the job maybe wasn't even real. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you quite frankly, my son applied for a job, never talked to a human any way through it, he got the job and then was told, you know, fill out your employment forms. 
And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. You're not putting down your social security number Absolutely any of that not. Thank you information. you've oh talked yes. to a human and you've dialed, you know. Um, but from a candidate's perspective, you know, so the employers are trying to be automated and efficient and all of that. And the, the leaks out of their pipeline are just stunning because they've lost any connection. It's easy, That's to, really it's interesting. easy to ghost an automated system. It's really hard to ghost you, William. You know, or you, Jenny. Yeah. Yes. If you've talked oh, to Oh, I me, thought you were talking about my car. That was my ego. My bad. Any human it's really hard to ghost you, William. Yeah, well, yes. Okay, I got it. No, I got it. I'm back now. I'm back now. But I think employers have to stop and rethink this and say, do people feel connected? Do they feel like, you know, there's really a match for them here? What have we done wrong? We've, we've maybe beneficent, quote unquote, um, but at what cost? Well, and I think one more thing just to extend on it too, because I absolutely love that, but like to the HR leaders out there, if you think in your mind, you've got the right idea right. for how to implement technology or how to get talent acquisition right, and you haven't pressure tested it, right. like against your, your users or your candidates, right? You're probably going to get it wrong, 100%. right? Because there should have been, like, if we're building a, a different process and you have, like, a proof of concept, we're going to test this with, like, you know, like a, a, a cross-section of our people, right. and we're going to find that, like, this isn't working, right? right. We shouldn't, we shouldn't typically, like, if you're doing it right, y'all, you, you really shouldn't get to that point. So, like, there are probably signals along the way and making sure that you're listening to those signals to be able to you know, drift and shift your strategy to get it right. And except the market keeps changing on you. 100%. That's the other thing. Yes. You might have been the only one doing it and you were fine. Now you're one of five people doing a certain thing and you're generic again. Well, it's like what I tell my clients all the time. Like, it's not about the having the right strategy for today. Right. It's about building the um, the systems to ensure that you're going to be able to be agile yes. for what the industry needs tomorrow. Right. So whatever laws come out, whatever compliance, like being able to drift and shift on the fly is not easy. No. And we are historically in HR trained of like it's black or it's white. Right. There is one way to do things, right. and that's not how the world works. That's, exactly. That's gone. Days. Those days. They're in a rear view. Thank you all so much for coming on the show. I know you, you know, crazy schedules, and thank you for waiting and all that other stuff. I just, I appreciate both of you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Always and fun. thank you, Greenhouse, for yes. an awesome, you know, awesome booth and a great party last night. Absolutely. <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. 